Happy New Year from the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. No question the commitment of Wales captain Alwyn Jones going into the new year. Having had the, the Sunday mornings after Grand Slams and Championships and winning trophies, you want that. It does spur you on. It does make you want to go again to know that you're still doing something right. And it's pretty special. While Wales women's captain Sean Lillycrap says they have plenty to build on from the autumn series. It shows that our strength and depth is developing, but also girls took their opportunities, so I'm excited to see what this squad can do now going into Six Nations. Why not try walking rugby in 2020? A great way to keep connected to the game. A lot of the older people who can't play uh, full contact rugby got involved and started building teams, but in the last year since the WIU got involved, this really kicked on. Former Wales international Morgan Stoddard helps coach his local walking rugby team in Cambrian. So plenty of subjects to get through, but let's start with the New Year thoughts of the two Wales captains of the men's and women's teams, Sean Lillycrap and first Alan Wynne-Jones, talking to Alex Bywater at one of the end-of-year awards ceremonies. When you've got a few miles into your belt, you get the pat on the back, tip of the cap, whoever it's from, it's massive, and the nomination was huge for myself, you know, representing the team and the guys that have played alongside, uh, particularly in the last year, but also probably guys that have made me probably uh, previous to that, that have gone through the jerseys that I've played in, and probably left a little bit of themselves on, on my demeanour and the way I go about my things, and to have it um, voted for by the population and the people that support us, the people we do it for, the people we try and make smile the morning after a Grand Slam, you know, it, it, it means the world. It's a big old heavy trophy as well, isn't it? Have you got a trophy cabinet or a mantelpiece? I don't know if people have mantelpieces anymore, but I don't think um, I don't know, I think it should be seen, so uh, I might <laughs> check some flowers on the top of it, but we'll see, but no. It's funny, I don't have a lot of rugby memorabilia around the house. Um, I like a rugby club, but I don't live in one, so uh, yeah, I'm sure um, it'll go somewhere safe. When you set out in your career, obviously you want to win trophies, you want to win competitions and tournaments. How important is it to, to get you know, the acclaim as well, the appreciation of the fans and, and your players and your fellow professionals um, as well? I think um, that sort of stuff's a byproduct of success and effort. George gave me a little, bit of a jibe about being more positive. And, you know, we are carrying a bit of hurt about the, the World Cup. I am on, on a personal level because we went out there believing we could win it and we didn't come back. So it's a difficult one, but like I say, to have it, voted for by the people we represent uh, is, is huge. You talk about the hurt, you're still feeling that clearly. Um, but this year though, Grand Slam success with Wales and World Cup semi-final, has this been your best year, do you think? Oh, I, I don't know about that. Hopefully it's to come. You've, you've, got, to, you've got to think <laughs> the like that. The best is yet you? to come. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully very much so. I read the biog on, um, or my biog on whatever I've done or haven't done, and it's almost certainly going to be my last World Cup. So there was an almost in there, so that's, that's, that's a positive, isn't it? <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's like I say, to be nominated with fellow competitors in such a cross-section of sport and to fe- see the female representation is huge. Uh, being a father of two daughters, I think it's great to see um, women's sport on the up, um, particularly in Wales. You have the opportunity here now, then, to get rid of that almost. Have you got another World Cup in you? Um, never say never. Like I say, from a purely contract point of view, I'm contracted for another 18 months. Uh, a bit of mileage after the World Cup, and a few guys are also taking knocks. Myself not active at the minute, but hopefully the future over Christmas. And we go from there. You, know, you don't look any further than the, the next game or the next contract and make a particular point of enjoying what we do. You must be looking at Lions, though, possibly in 2021, are you? Um, oh, well, I'm not going to lie, I'm aware it's there, but it's a two pronged answer. You never say never, but. Yeah, you don't want to be too greedy as well. You, I'm, I'm fully aware you've got to be fit playing well to be selected. And if the planets align and I'm potentially still there, then 
that's someone else's decision. You've still got the hunger despite the hurt you're feeling at the moment. You still, you still yeah, have that hunger to win things. And this is the thing, it, the losses do hurt, but also they inspire yourself to go on as well. Having had the, the Sunday mornings after Grand Slams and Championships and winning trophies, you want, you want that. It does spur you on. It does make you want to go again. Uh, and like I say, along that with recognition and to know that you're still doing something right is, is pretty special. And you've got the top award. Word on Warren Gatland as well, getting coach of the year. That's the thing, it's funny, it's looking at the footage from when he did his first press conference and the one that you know, he probably did, to, yeah, did at the end of the World Cup. Still on point, same message, and I think that was Gats to a T, really. Uh, honest, consistent, essentially really proud of what he did and what he created here. I think the phrase has been coined that it's Wayne's world now, and Wayne's going to do it in his way, but obviously carry on on some of the foundation that's been laid. Are you encouraged by the early signs? Yeah, I think so. I think it'll be a bumpy road. I think... You know, Gats was, we're celebrating Gats now, but you sort of forget the tough times and the criticisms that you're going to duly get in a rugby country. But that, the bumpy road, if you need to make changes, that happens. You're hoping to be back in action soon over Christmas? Yeah, that's, that's the plan. I'd like to be able to, to have, have a trot about and, and get back out there with the Ospreys boys because, um, you know, when you, you go away at, to uh, international duty, whether it's Six Nations or World Cups, there's always somebody back at the region who's um, going out in the park and, and representing, you know, the black jerseys for the Ospreys. So I'm well aware of that. And what do you want for Christmas personally? Oh, just, just to be up and running again. Pretty simple. Um, nothing overly compl- complicated. I just want to get back in the back in the black jersey and... Uh, you know, help the boys in the season. Talked about the hurt that you've got. Does that drive you on? That can be a positive. One. Yeah. Well, like I say, it's obviously not what um, I wanted or anyone else wanted. But to come so close, you've seen enough games to realise the margins. You go up the, the spectrum in elite sport, the margins get closer and closer. So you can use that disappointment to fuel whatever's next and whatever phase you're going into. Have you spoken to Wayne and sat down with him to talk about Six Nations? And um, yeah, on a, on a few occasions. I was in for that Barbers Week on three days that he wanted everyone in. It was funny, I think there were a few raised eyebrows at that after the, the World Cup, but I think it was invaluable really because you know you have two week prep before a, a Six Nations campaign and it means that obviously time is always precious but you know time will be able to use on the park rather than the classroom which is which is massive. When you've won as many caps as you have, been to as many World Cups as you have. Do you get excited by the new era, new new yeah, management, new Massively so and you know one of the highlights of the year, yes, is the, the Grand Slam, but I think you look at the likes of Josh Adams, Aaron Wainwright, uh, Thomas Williams. People have had opportunity, really stood up. I missed a host of names there, but you know that's uh, probably as big as a Grand Slam in the fact that these guys are coming and performed with a new coaching setup. It's exciting times. I don't know how much the Ospreys means to you. Are you desperate to get out of there for them at the moment? Obviously, quite a tough season. Yeah, well, as I said earlier, and the question is, it's you know, you, if you do enough mileage, you need you need a break. And uh, I've, I was planned always to have an extended break anyway. So it's just I've probably been in more than I would have had I not had the niggles. So um, yeah, I'd just like to get back in the black jersey and uh, you know get my hands on the pump as well. With your job, Alan, there's a lot of pressure, a lot of scrutiny, and it is still sport at the end of the day. You talked about enjoying it. Do you still get to enjoy it? Yeah, I think so. I think it does get difficult. I think if you're your own harshest critic, it, it makes it easier. I think the expectation off the back of success and living in a small nation does get ramped up quite considerably. But you've, you've got to embrace that. I think I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not good at it all the time but that's because what I do means so much and I realise what I represent so it's great to have nights like this where you can you know, show what it means to you and, and share in an evening with like-minded people. So how did the game go the other day? Obviously um, it's a great occasion wasn't it? Yeah you know it was a great occasion it was a, a great opportunity for us women to play in the national stadium in the first barbarian fixture for females so um, yeah it was a great occasion it was, it was a good all-round day and probably a game of two halves first half 
the Barbarians dominated in the second half. You know, we really come alive and took it to them. And, you know, it was probably, if you look at the scores, three tries to nil in that second half. So defended really well and took our opportunities when we had them as well. The girls have played in the stadium before a couple of times, but to play on the same time as the men, how big a boost do you think that's going to be for women's game long term? Uh, it's a huge boost, you know, like growing up, you know, you visit the National Stadium. Well, I did on many occasions. I know many of the girls did, and uh, that's where you always vision yourselves. That's where you always want to play. So, you know, we had so many new caps this campaign as well, and to give those girls that opportunity to play on that stage is, is massive. But also, you know, it, that memory now will stick with us for a long time, and it just shows the route that I think the WIU are going down in equality and, and giving us good opportunities moving forward. So, yeah, that day will live us with us for a long time, and, yeah, we'll cherish those memories. Christmas time means the Six Nations is going to come yeah. around very quickly. Are you excited about that? And what do you think about some of the younger players, like you said, got an opportunity and now going into the Six Nations? Oh, yeah, very excited for the Six Nations. You know, we set out from the onset of the Autumn campaign, we said it was going to be a developmental campaign and give girls opportunities. And with 14 new caps, and many of those girls took their opportunities and that showed then in, in the squad that we took into that Barbars game that, you know, I think we had seven girls who had new caps that campaign represent in that stadium that day. So it shows that our strength and depth is developing, but also girls took their opportunities. So I'm excited to see what this squad can do now going into Six Nations. You know, we've worked hard with our coaching staff and our management over the last uh, 10 weeks or so throughout that campaign couple of weeks off now but you know we'll hit the ground running again in, in January and hope to keep building on what we've already done and I, I know this squad will do that. Yeah you really excited as, as captain about what, what can you guys can achieve? Oh yeah absolutely you know I, I've seen game by game you know, we started off with Spain bit of a rusty performance then went to Ireland clinched the win in the last minute to an outstanding performance in, in Scotland to a great performance against Crochets and then to finish the way we did against Barbas was, was superb so what I'm excited about is pulling together a full 80 minute performance and seeing what this squad can do and what the youngsters coming through and the new caps can bring more to the squad because I think even though they filled those jerseys they've got more to give again so it's really exciting. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. back to the interesting years for some of the male Wales internationals but let's stick with the women's game for the moment and some of the stories there. Liz Jones spoke to fullback Paige Randall and first second row Natalia John after the Barbarians game. Natalia what do you make of that game? It's a really really a special occasion for me so we have history in my family my dad played for Panath against the Barbers back in 84-85 so to get the opportunity to run out in the same number jersey that he did way back then like, it was a real honour for me. Yeah, that must be something special for the whole family. Yeah, so they all came to watch me today and I think my dad did shed a tear because it's just rugby has been such a big thing in my family and for him to see it come full circle, it's been really special. And what of the game itself, the whole experience as well? It was a tough game, you know, they're a very experienced side and I think in the first half we kind of let that get to us a bit but towards the end, especially when we came out in the second half, it got so much better. We started playing as a team and really started to show what we're capable of so hopefully we can do more of that in the future. They came out to all guns blaze in the first half but you really showed not only character to come back but quality rugby as well with those yeah. tries. Yeah, so I think it was so important for us when we were in the changing rooms that we come out and we really show them what we're made of. And I think during that, especially the first 10 minutes, we came out with the guns blazing and we had the character and we showed the real fire that we have in our bellies to be professional athletes. 
bodes well for the future now on the back of this whole five match series yeah so I think we've developed like so much as a squad I think from our first game to comparing it to this game now individually and also as a team um, we've become so strong and we've all come together and I think it's such a good level for us now ready to go into the Six Nations like it's going to be really really good Paige so you were brought into the Autumn Series squad. What kind of an experience has it been for you to start with to get your first cap and then to carry on getting placed in the side? It's been an absolutely amazing experience. I didn't expect it. Like from coming from like a such like small like town from Derry, but like I just keep pushing myself and like I hope to see like inspiration with the other girls. Tell me about how you got into rugby and it hasn't been long, has it? No, I've literally like joined rugby like two years ago, but such an amazing experience. I literally joined Dairy Rugby Club like two years ago, and it was just like more about the fun env- environment. But it's been more competitive. I've like enjoyed the experience. <laughs> I played like two seasons ago. I played for Dragons, and it wasn't competitive enough for me. So I went back, and they said I was not experienced. So they called me up to the Blues. And then that's how I got like my first cap for Wales. You got your first cap in the Ireland game. Your parents came over. Yeah. What kind of experience was that? It's such a experience. Like all the club, like uh, the crochets, uh, like 52 people coming to like support me. And then the Welsh against the Barbers, I had 52 people support me. And then another 52 for my work. And then the 52 from the mini notes. So, like, it's such, like, a big inspiration and it's such a big supportive system. It's been absolutely amazing. I've really enjoyed it. So how many do you reckon are here sporting you today? Like, 150? Well, probably about 150, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, well, like, the whole club and... Yeah, it's, like, the club, Neutradia Club, Dairy Club, the Mini Neutradiga, the Mini Neutradiga Girls. So next Tuesday, I'm going to, like, get involved with the Mini Notes and, like, be more, like, inspirational to the other younger girls and get involved with the younger team and then hopefully we're like the mini notes with the dairy we've only got like a, a women's team we're hoping to like promote a younger youth more women more youth more younger team we won't get involved love it if you're a girl in the area you go and play um Neutradiga, minis and juniors first yeah yeah and then you can go on to, no, to like, dairy it was like never like it was never like a first team, a second team, a women's team. Like this was probably the first ever like women's team to play, first women's team in the valleys basically. And then you had like the women's team and the youth, so they build each other up. But like I was literally the first woman to be capped. Yeah, yeah. From Derry, yeah. Tell us about what you do away from rugby. I study at nursing, so I like try and like build my time to study and do placement. I also labour with my father. He's a site manager of St Modwins. So like whatever he says I do and I help out. But like mostly like my passion is still in nursing. So hopefully one day I qualify to be a nurse while partake and to be a rugby player. Well so you help him building and things like that? Yeah, I help him labouring so it's like clean houses up, make sure the houses are structured to what is expected. And you hopefully will continue for the Six Nations? Yeah, hopefully, if I can get it. Plenty of like, practice, plenty of determination. Hopefully I can 
make it to that point anyway because there's a lot of like potential girls who can make it above me by hopefully I can make it yeah. and an inspiration like you say for girls in your area oh definitely it's not a lot of inspiration in my team the girls are like never had that experience they thought oh yeah we're just a local team that's about all we can do if you can do it like X giving others the yeah. confidence to do it as well yeah if I can do it anyone else can simple as a great message for the new year to finish with there a couple of the men's Wales players who've had interesting years to say the least are Locke Corey Hill and outside half Jared Evans. Let's hear from Corey first, who missed much of the year through injury after scoring the winning try against England. It's been a bit of a weird one. You, you say 10 months, it seems hell of a time, doesn't it? But obviously it's been two injuries and I've come back. I was fully fit training in the summer and, and then had another injury. So it probably doesn't feel like 10 months for me, but when someone mentioned it on the weekend, I was thinking, yeah, it is... It's a pretty long time. It feels shorter or longer to you? It feels shorter because because we had the World Cup training camps yeah. and, and I suppose I got back fit for the camps and, and then that gives you a spark being picked in the World Cup squad and keep on chasing. I was hoping to be involved. So, so yeah, it doesn't feel like I haven't been involved in rugby for 10 months because obviously we had the World Cup to look forward to. When I was fit, it was tough because yeah. obviously we, we were all on the training camps. Yeah. And, and yeah, look, injuries part and parcel of the game. You've got to get on with them. I said it all along. I think you want to try and stay as positive as you can and... Look, I was lucky enough to get a little bite of the cherry and a little bit of the World Cup experience. I was lucky enough to go out there with the squad and spend, I think it was two weeks out in Japan and experience the culture out there and, and all the good that was going on. So, so yeah, look, it was, it was obviously frustrating on my behalf and, and nobody ever wants to get injured, but look, it's part of the parts of the game. And as soon as it was over, it was, it was just about uh, trying to recover and, and get back on the pitch as soon as possible. Is that how you look at it? It was better to get those two weeks... I don't. I don't think it's ever a good time. Is it? It's, it's never a good time to be injured, and whether you get injured in the in the plane in the warm games or when you get injured out there, is is injury at the end of the day, and it's, it's never good. But look, I got picked in the squad, and I I went even though I didn't get to play. You still get to pick up the experiences. It's all part of the learning. It's all part of the story. And and yeah, you look back on those, and, and I had good times out in Japan. So so it's not all negatives. It's, you've got to take some positives out of it, and. It didn't matter if I'd come home two weeks earlier, I, I wouldn't have got fit there any quicker, so good to get the experience. The actual stress fracture, was it directly related to the original injury, ankle injury you picked up in that England game? What was the current? No, it was, it was totally new, so I, I got back fully fit. Um, I went to camp, I think we joined up on the 16th of June, and I was in camp fully fit, and I'd done all the training camp out in Switzerland, and that's when I picked up the stress fracture. Look, so, so yeah, it was a total different injury. It was higher up the leg, and... It was a stress fracture, leg, but just stress fracture yeah. of the fibula. Look, so, so yeah, it was it was unrelated to the ankle, but obviously just the loads we'd done and one of those things, you know. Was that like a, a one moment injury? You, you realise you got it, or was it a cumulative thing where you started to feel a pain? I think it's through load. And um, one Saturday in training, I just something didn't feel quite right, yeah. and and obviously you, we didn't pick it up early as early as we could have, uh, probably should have. But I went for all the scans and stuff and. And they didn't pick it up, so look, you're trying to get back fit, and you know, you're making things worse rather than better. And it was a frustrating process for me because you're thinking you haven't got nothing wrong, but you obviously have because there's something's not right there. And, and then we finally picked it up. It was probably a little bit too late, which, like I said, it was frustrating. But I, I got to see Japan and, and had some good experiences out there and in and around the squad. And the medical staff and the Welsh squad are unbelievable, they, and the SNC staff as well. Uh, the coaches are fully in support of them, and, and yeah, they're great guys. and they're really good at their job, they're probably the best in the world, so you have your fully trust in them, and, and they've done everything they could to, to try and get me back fit, but luck time was against me, and um, it wasn't meant to be. Was there a particular moment where it was like the conversation, I said, it's not going to happen, you need to go home, 
where were you when that happened? Yeah, it was. I think it was the day of the Georgia game. We tried to do a game replacement type session. I mean, who ran at the conditioner? He's doing a one-on-one session with me, and it was basically my game replacement to try and get back fit for the Australia game because obviously Adam at the time was down as well, and we were lacking numbers in second row. So I think Wayne Wright scrummed in the second row leading up to the Georgia game. So. Yeah, it was, it was obviously frustrating for the squad as well because it was the stress on the squad and only having a 31-man squad and then me being injured anyway to losing Adam then to, you know, it was just a knock-on effect. So I'd done a session on the Monday and the guy just went downhill pretty fast, you know. You're trying to get through certain blocks. I think we put about five or six different blocks there and, and after the second one it was, it was pretty obvious then that my time was up, you know. Probably the physio was watching through the gym window and Ben, he was just like, it was, it was one of those awkward situations, you know. He didn't want to call it off, I didn't want to call it off and it was just like... Enough's enough, yeah, and, and that was it. Then. How much of it then for you is making up for lost time? Because the last taste was the act of scoring against England. Grand Slam came, and obviously things have been happening here for the region as well. So how, how much of it is, is is just making up now for you personally? Oh, I don't think it's making up time. You can't. No. You can't change what's gone, can you? What's gone has gone, and um, look, yeah, like you talked about the Grand Slam, is great experiences, and and it's probably one of the highlights of your career, and. Yeah, it was great, but it obviously was a bit of sweet. Mm. I got injured in the process, and and yeah, and you move on, and things are happening here pretty quick. And Dean's doing a great job, and look, there's a different atmosphere. And everyone seems to be enjoying the work, and, and we seem to have a have a vision and a plan. And hopefully, we can keep on sticking to that and keep on moving forward. How did you specifically deal with that thing of watching the World Cup? Did you get up early morning to watch them all? Yeah, of course I did. Yeah, I've been a Welsh fan for 27 years. I'm just lucky enough to wear the jersey a few times. So. I was part of it. I was there for two weeks. You know what the boys are going through, and had to go home then and watch it. Yeah, of course I was up early. I was I was in fully support of it, and yeah, you can't not turn the telly on and watch it, can you? I was excited as everyone else, and I was hoping the boys were going to go away. And we came up just short, but the boys put massive amounts of um, work in throughout the summer, and and even over in Japan, never never took their foot off the gas. And and yeah, they done a great job out there. I'm, I'm sure the Welsh public were, were pretty proud of them. When you don't play rugby, what's the bit of it you miss most? Playing. You don't so much miss the um, Tuesday afternoons when you flat out contact and you know, wet, windy, uh, Masamanach. But, but no, look, it's hard. You there watching the boys play and working hard, and I suppose you can't. So yeah, it's, it's pretty frustrating at the time. And it's a big change of Wales as well. Have you sort of felt involved in the, in the new broom coming in? Yeah, Wayne got us injured boys in, so we spent the week down at the Vale with the squad for the Barbarians game. So, so yeah, that was nice to get involved and just see how things are transitioning and and seeing what what has changed, but. A lot of the backroom staff are still here. You look at the, the physios and the conditions and all that, so, so a lot of that will still be the same. But, but yeah, it's exciting times ahead as well. Obviously, we've got new coaches at the region, new coaches at the national squad, and it's exciting. And when talking about the future, Blues and Wales outside half Jared Evans is part of that. He's enjoying the Derby games as a chance to face his peers. That's it, yeah. So it's almost like a trial period, you could say, for some of the players, but you've almost got a park there to the back of your mind and just try and do what's best for the team at the time and the most important thing is the win for the team and you know that's what we'll be doing the scarlets to come and at the moment you're among the welsh-based fly halves you must be top of the pecking order at the moment I, you know i just tried to play as well as i can for the blues you know i got the chance in the barbars game which was quite enjoyable it was an enjoyable week something different but like i say when i come back to the blues i try and put in those performances which you know, kind of earns that selection. If it comes, it comes, and that's all I can do is play well, yeah. Is that something different for you, though, to be the man towards the top of the pecking order and having others shooting at you rather than being the one sort of 
sort of force and, and trying to get up the order. Yeah, like you say, I think the more you get known, the more teams target you and try and shut you down. And, you know, we're going to try and counteract that on the weekend. Like you say, with the derbies, a lot of the boys know similar traits to how you play and it's all about how you counteract that. How do you reflect on the last six months? You've had a few ups and downs in that time, haven't you? Yeah, it's been tough with the World Cup selection early on and it probably affected some of the regional performances at the start of the year, but I feel like we turned the corner and I kind of parked that now. That's gone, I can't really do anything about it, so I'm just going to try and stay positive and, and look forward. That's all I can affect is, is the weekend and the games in front of me and that's what I'll continue to do and to try and be as positive as I can and, and hopefully selection comes my way internationally as well. Did you learn from that Ireland game when it came to the Barbarians game? Probably taught me a little bit how to deal with things a little bit better. Probably more like off the field as well because off the field was pretty tough to get going again but I did take a little bit from that game. <coughs> from a rugby point of view, probably it's tough to take an awful lot from it with... 14 changes and the nature of what it was, like a trial game with a selection being the next day. That was like the only week I had really in charge of the team, so I probably took a little bit. I learned definitely from the, the camp itself, Yeah, and I'll just take out with me all, all the positives. So a very different scenario with the Barbarians team and, as you say, leading that on a very different result. Yeah, it was a different system of play and just the nature of the Barbarians themselves uh, allowed us to do that, but... Yeah, it was enjoyable, just a different voice as well for a lot of the boys. I think most of the boys enjoyed it, like a different voice, a different way of playing, um, a little bit different tactics, I suppose. But, um, yeah, I think most of the boys there enjoyed it, and me included. Are you looking at the way Wayne and Stephen are trying to play and thinking, like, I can see where I fit into that? That's what I'm hoping, yeah. I do see that a little bit more under these coaches, but, um, like you say, if I'm not putting in those performances for the club, then that's not going to warrant me that, so... Hopefully my club form will take me to where I want to get to. Jared, given the experiences you've had that you kind of touched upon there, how much more do you think is to come from you in 2020? Yeah, like I'm just looking forward to get through these derbies. I'll just do my bit for the team. I just want to just keep putting in good performances. And that's all I can focus on is myself and just see where I get to. You touched on the international ambitions, the fact that the Blues, you know, play very enterprising style of rugby, similar to what we put at Austin. Is that going to help you, do you think? Yeah, it's probably, it does help because it's, it's pretty easy transition going back in to camp for a lot of the boys and you know, we're here and that does help but I think a lot of the boys enjoy playing that, that way as well so that always helps the culture as well. Finally, here's a thought for the new year. If you're a former player looking for something to stay fit and involved, walking rugby is growing in Wales. Liz Jones went along to a festival in Camp Ryan to find out more, starting with former international and cross-keys coach Morgan Stoddart. Morgan, so we're at a walking rugby festival here at Cumbria, and this is your home ground. You're regularly involved with the with the team. Tell me about your involvement. Yeah, my involvement started around about a year ago, when the WIU started um, building on walking rugby. Really, when I think initially started a good two three years ago in Wales, a lot of the older people who can't play uh, full contact rugby got involved and started building teams. But in the last year since the WIU got involved, this really kicked on. I think in the first tournament we had five or six teams. That was with a couple of teams that were thrown together for the day as well. And the trophy tournament last month we had 12 teams. And today, um, which is obviously morning kickoff, we've got seven teams. So, like I said, it's uh, building up 
to get more participants every week. Yeah, and what have you seen from the participants that come here at Cambria? What kind of walks of life, their health, what have you seen in them? Quite a few of them have played rugby before in the past, whether it's for um, first teams or when they were younger in youth or school. A lot of them have come from not playing any sport, not doing much exercise. They come an hour on a Monday, an hour on a Thursday up at Cambria and they really enjoy it. So we have regular um, 15, 16 people, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes less, depending on the weather. But I, I think they just enjoy uh, doing the exercise, doing the walking rugby and having a bit of friendship and a bit of camaraderie with each other. Do you enjoy it too? Yeah, I do enjoy it. I was a bit sceptical at the beginning, being honest, but yeah, I, I really enjoy it and I join in with them a lot, even though they're much better than me, but um, I think it's a good spin-off from rugby that uh, actually any gender can play and any age. I'm Kevin Hale. I work for the Forensic Psychiatry Service, community support worker. So you're here with Dragons NHS team. What does that entail and what's it all about? It's an initiative started by an Iron Bevan Health Board to introduce mental health into walking rugby. We now have 15 to 20 service users and um, it's going well. So tell me how it all started. It all started with um, meetings with Dragons and their community team and then we secured a bit of funding from our department and then we sort of said, yeah, and we sort of publicised on all our uh, psychiatric units, our mental health uh, community rehab units, took our numbers there, it's going really well. You meet every week and talk us through that, where do you train and the difference is made to some of your participants. Yeah, so we meet every Tuesday at 2 o'clock on Rodney Parade, so we use their facilities. Um, we do a 45 minute session with 20 minutes of social time, what we call, for us, where our, so our players talk and any issues regarding mental health, um, regarding anything really, just have a catch up. And um, yeah, we have teas, coffee after. What difference is made? Obviously, it's physical exercise and it's given friendship and mixing as well with others as well for your players yeah so um, our service users panic schizophrenia uh, personality disorder social stuff is tremendous um, we've had really good reports mental health wise it's, uh, it's priceless really something that can keep growing do you think as far as an Iron Bevan is concerned all our teams on board our communication team we're really proactive in promoting it throughout our trust it's a thing that we got, we got looking to keep going as long as we can, really. Which is a great way of looking forward. Plenty more to come through the year from the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. And until next week, goodbye.